0: what is grace grace is community grace is passion grace is for everyone
1: and today we begin our advent series called the gift of the nutcracker we will be tying together the classic ballet the nutcracker which is a christian uh, a christmas tradition for many people to the advent story Uh, advent just means arrival or coming uh, meaning jesus has arrived that's what christmas day is all about the birth of jesus but you might be wondering how does that connect with the nutcracker why think about a secular ballet in a sacred church some of you will remember a year and a half ago when we looked at the story of Les Mis leading up to Easter. We looked at the story and songs from it to see how it connected to the biblical story. It was by Pastor Matt Rawl as part of their church's popular culture series. And that's the same source for this series. It's looking at the sacred, which is explicitly religious, and the secular, which is Everything else, Uh, but when you look at what God has to say about this sacred secular divide in the Bible We see something very surprising not only did God create everything But it says that all things were made through Christ and through Christ all things were reconciled to God essentially Everything is sacred whether we live out that truth in what we do with what God has reconciled is up to us So instead of trying to combat secular things, trying to make the church outshine performances of the Nutcracker, we welcome it in. We invite Christ's light to reveal the gospel truth hidden in the books and movies and even ballets written and performed by people that may not even realize the truth hidden within This series has been to open our eyes to the spiritual truth that is all around us. Uh, With this made clear, let's hear our scripture for today. Eric is going to read for us. It comes from the Gospel of Luke and follows just after the birth of Jesus and his dedication at the temple. We've heard hint after hint that Jesus is not just any baby. This is a Savior, a Messiah. The prophet Simeon calls Jesus God's salvation and a light for revealing God to the world. I'm sure these words stunned Mary and joseph and then we hear one more story of jesus when he's younger this one is when he's 12 years old let's hear our scripture now from the gospel of luke chapter 2 verses 41 through 52 hear now the word of the lord
0: now every year his parents went to jerusalem for the festival of the passover and when he was 12 years old he went up as usual for the festival when the festival was ended and they started to return the boy jesus stay behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in a group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in a temple sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor.
1: And from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 33, verses 14 through 16, the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety, and this is the name by which it will be called, The Lord is Our Righteousness. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, make us an inclusive community, passionately following Jesus Christ. Work in our hearts and minds in this Christmas season that our lives would be turned to you. Grow our patience, our tolerance, our dedication to you as we seek your will. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever had a a moment where you were waiting for the curtain to rise on a performance? The lights dim, the people are seated, and the orchestra plays the familiar hum of tuning their instruments? I learned this week that tune is an A at 440 hertz. Uh, But imagine for just a moment, you hear the buzzing of the orchestra, all goes quiet, and then nothing. The curtain does not rise. I'm sure it would be quite unnerving for folks. They would worry, what's wrong? Is something broken? Is someone hurt? In the church, I do lots of weddings, and I love it. Everyone is different and unique and beautiful in its own way. But every time we start the music and the bridesmaids come down the aisle, there is some amount of anxiety. And the music changes for the bride to enter. And here at Grace, we close the doors and and we wait. Sometimes we have to wait a a little longer to make sure the timing and the music is right. We did a wedding here a few weeks ago, and we planned to wait extra long. It was 30 seconds of cannon in D with the doors closed. People started to get a little fidgety in that time. They were a little anxious because it took so long, and I felt it. What if something is wrong, they were thinking. Did, did we do something wrong? Did we get the timing wrong? Did the bride run away? And I pray every time that is not the case. Uh, A wedding, for many, is the best day of their life. It, It marks a dramatic change, a change they welcome as they create a new life and grow together. If that door doesn't open, if the bride isn't there, something has gone terribly wrong. When the doors do finally open, though, as it did a few weeks ago, there is a sense of relief, a collective sigh and heightened expectation that we are all about to witness something truly beautiful. The same is true when the curtain goes up for the, for the play or ballet. It's time, all is well, and we are ready for the performance of a lifetime. The trouble is, life can sometimes feel stuck in that in-between time. Sometimes just for a few moments, but other times it may be days or weeks or even years of waiting In the ballet, The Nutcracker, we begin with the young Clara. She is 12 years old, still a child, but just barely. Uh, She is at the edge of the Christmas party her parents are throwing, but her way is blocked. She can't enter the room and must wait until later in the evening. She's on the outside looking in. I'm sure many of us can relate to this feeling. Perhaps you can recall being 12 years old yourself, Older and wiser than the little kids around you, but still not quite old enough. My oldest child is 10 right now, so I still don't have first-hand experience of a parent of a, of a 12-year-old, but um, with my son Davey, he has these moments where he is still like a child. Last week, he was very, very sick, and it's amazing how he can go from a very capable child to just about completely helpless. He told me a couple of days after recovering from his illness that he was still too sick to even get up and get a snack for himself. I'm pretty sure that one wasn't actually real, but it could have been. It could have been. He lost several pounds in just a few days, and I was reminded of just how frail and delicate life can be for children. Yet at other times, Davey is ready to take on the world. He is mature and inquisitive and ready to get away from mom and dad's rules, especially when it comes to how much television he can watch or video games he's allowed to play. One day to the next, he can go from a child to a mini-adult, ready for the world and then back again because of just how big this world can be. It's pretty amazing to me, but we actually have a story of Jesus at this precise age. Many religious traditions have an important rite of passage for children becoming adults at 12 years old. Uh, Claire is right there too. Uh, our confirmation class is about to begin after Christmas. They're right on the edge of this transition as well. And with Jesus— We get to hear how he handled this precarious age. This is the in-between time of childhood and adulthood. It begins with Jesus on his way to Jerusalem with his family. Passover is a huge, important festival that every religious man was supposed to attend. So when they are traveling, it's not just Joseph marrying Jesus on a donkey. This is his family and most other families from his hometown of Nazareth. Women and children didn't have to go, but men and boys who were old enough did. So it could be as large as 100 to 200 people that are all traveling together. This is a pretty big group, and they are traveling en masse to protect each other from robbers and thieves. Of course, the children are running and playing and moving between the different groups. It's no surprise that Mary and Joseph lose track of Jesus, so when they realize he's not there, they have to go back to Jerusalem to try and find him. I could not imagine their anxiety after realizing that Jesus is not with the group. This would be terrifying for many of us, but maybe even worse for this family. Think about if your child was all alone in a big city. You already feel guilty, and now you have to convince a group of hundreds of people who are probably blaming you for losing your kid to turn around just for you. You are halfway home, and you say, we have to go back because I didn't check to make sure my child was with me. Now, we don't actually know if the rest of the group even bothered to turn around, but Mary and Joseph set out for Jerusalem to find their 12-year-old. For three days they search, turning up nothing. Finally, they find him in all, of all places, in the temple where he is listening, learning, asking questions, and answering them. It's a remarkable scene how knowledgeable he is, but you know what his mom says at that moment? She says, what have you done to us? She's mad about how upset he made them, about how anxious they felt looking for him, and here he is just chatting away with the priests. Jesus almost seems snarky in his response. Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? Come on, mom. Didn't you know I'd be here? Those in-between years, grown but not all the way, maturing but not yet an adult how difficult those in-between years can be, and not just for tweens, either. Many of us are between things, too, like Mary and Joseph. You might feel like you have a child that maybe has lost their way. Uh, Are you in-between jobs, maybe in-between homes? Uh, My sister just moved out of her apartment in Philadelphia and into her first home. She'd been waiting on the deal to close for months on end, which I'm sure was a very anxious time for her. And then for Thanksgiving, she was about to drive down from her new home in New York, but she noticed her house was really cold and had no hot water. She found out she was out of oil in the furnace just a few days into living in her new home. She had just moved in, and her housewarming gift was freezing cold temperatures. Being in between one thing and another can be very, very challenging, very difficult. That's what we see with Clara at 12 years old, too. Like Jesus, she's growing, but not yet an adult. She's so excited for Christmas, uh, for the Christmas tree to be lit, so she can enter and have all the gifts and the food. But now she has to wait. The adults are all gathered for the Christmas party, and she is stuck waiting. It's not until her godfather, Drosselmere, arrives and gives her a nutcracker as a gift that things really take off, but almost immediately her brother steals it from her and breaks it. She's distressed. She is stuck between having and not having. Wholeness and brokenness. And she has a dream where she's fighting off monsters. Maybe that's not a dream for you. You really are fighting off your enemies. You are doing everything you can to keep your head above water. Stuck between two places. You are waiting for Christmas. But you feel like you might not make it to it. The in-between can be so challenging. We know that our faith is very much about these in-between times. Will we be faithful to God when things are going poorly, or will we go our own way? The Apostle Paul tells us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We are citizens of heaven while living on this earth. We are holy people, but stuck in a world where many unholy things take place. But really, all of these transitions, these in-between experiences, all point us in one consistent direction. We are growing. We are becoming more like Jesus Christ, at least as long as we are embracing the spiritual growth that comes with these challenges. Jesus, when he is 12, is increasing in wisdom and in years. He is growing in divine and human favor. Too often when we are faced with these challenges, with these moments where waiting is the right thing, we choose to retreat. We curl up into a ball and say, no, thank you. We just ignore the challenge. But Jesus isn't telling us to retreat. Jesus doesn't say go backwards to the way things were and ignore the reality around you. No, he says the goal is for the kingdom of God to break in to every part of our lives. We aren't trying to act holy while we're here at church. Holiness is for out there. When you go from here, do what's right. Bless the weak. Care for those who have no one to defend them. Let the kingdom of God touch every part of life. So what's happening in here happens out there too. That the challenge of being in between things lead to a patient waiting and a dependence on God. In the Nutcracker, Clara can't sleep after Christmas Eve. She is so excited for Christmas Day, but as she falls asleep and her dream becomes a nightmare, she is scared of the monsters coming for her. It is only in the last moment, right before she is harmed, that the nutcracker jumps in to save her. It's interesting to note that the nutcracker was always in that room with Clara. She was so scared, though, she never noticed him. Sometimes we are like that, too. Too busy, too scared to notice that God is right there with us, offering wisdom and divine favor, even as we face challenges, even as we wait for these in-between times to come to an end. Well, let's end here. Uh, ben was a famous doctor who successfully separated conjoined twins throughout his career, but his time as a doctor was almost over before it started. When he was 14 years old, he was hanging out with his friend Bob, listening to the radio, when suddenly Bob changed the radio station Ben was enjoying the music, so he flipped it back. Bob switched it again when rage welled up inside of Ben. Without thinking, he pulled out his pocket knife, flicked it open, and lunged viciously for his friend's stomach. The knife struck Bob's large metal belt buckle and snapped the blade off. Ben, though he was terrified, uh, and, and so was his friend, Ben sputtered an apology and ran back to his home. He ran into the bathroom, locked the door, and sank onto the floor, horrified at what he had done. Ben knew he would never achieve his dream of becoming a doctor with this horrible, uncontrolled temper, so he started to pray. He begged God to take away his anger, that if he asked God for anything in faith, God would do it. He pleaded with God, and eventually the tears started to subside. Then he left his room to grab his Bible, returned to the bathroom floor, and read Proverbs 16.32, which says, being slow to anger is better than being powerful. As he read it, he felt hope that God knew everything about him, and still God loved him, that God would help him. He felt God's assurance and never since that day has he struggled with uncontrollable anger again. That's what God does when we place our anxieties and cares on him. When we are waiting so long we feel as though there is no answer, God reminds us he's been here the whole time. The step required is for us to turn to him. So if you are like Clara or Mary and Joseph, or the future Dr. Ben, stuck in an in-between time, struggling with a problem that may seem to have no answer, remember to wait on the Lord. Remember to cast your cares on Jesus. He's right there, filled with love, no matter what we've done, ready to rescue us, whether we've noticed his presence or not. Amen? Amen.
0: For everything happening at Grace, check out our website at gumc.org.